ladies and gentlemen, lace up those cleats and button up those jerseys. It's time again for Sports Retorts with Hooli and the Joe. Hi, I'm Hooli. And I'm the Joe. And I'm Mary Beth Smith. Welcome to Sports Retorts. Uh, a weekly podcast where we touch on this week's topics in sports, uh, what's coming up, what we liked, what we didn't. That's right. Maybe some broader topics, maybe some micro topics. We'll see. We're going to touch on everything, everything in sports. We know everything there is to know about sports. And when I say that we know everything there is about sports, I mean we know a reasonable amount of things about the NFL and the NBA. That's right. Also, maybe some soccer and hurling if you're lucky. Did you say hurling? Yeah, the uh, Irish sport that's basically like lacrosse with a club. Oh, okay. I I thought it was another word for vomiting, and I was going to say I was an amateur hurler in college. Nope, it's actually the... Yep, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) The moment we've all been waiting for, the starting lineup. In basketball this week, the Bulls are having a bit of a resurgence after a, we'll say a mediocre start. Derrick Rose had another knee ailment. He had an MRI done. And surprisingly, nothing was wrong with his knee. When reached for a comment, Derek said, do it again. I'm sure I can break something. (laughs) I think that they were looking into um, some kind of alternate medicines for him. Uh, I think they want to go in there, replace the bone in the ligaments with something a little more sturdy. Um, They're looking at either balsa wood or uh, (laughs) Fabergé. (laughs) He'll get there. He's got a great support system. Uh, he's given up everything. He would do a 12-step program, but ugh, he can't make that many steps. <laughs> he does have great support externally. Internally, it is a fucking mess. Yeah, that's right. I mean, speaking of a mess, also, there have been a lot of talk about trade rumors. Should Noah go? Should Jimmy Butler go? But actually, Jimmy Butler just beat MJ for most points and a half for a bull. He scored 40 and a half leading them to beat, I believe it was the Milwaukee Bucks. When I tried to ask MJ for a comment, he said, you're not my gardener. Who are you? Never mind. Just get off my property. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I tried to reach Michael Jordan for a comment, but he was just like three feet taller than me, so I couldn't reach him. The Suns are officially in tank mode also, I believe. They've hit rock bottom. They're in the blunder for down under, trying to get Ben Simmons in the draft. Who isn't right now? I mean, half the league. Well, the Suns have had some problems. They don't have any players of worth. Uh, The Suns owner recently said that they're losing because Markeith Morris is too much of a millennial. But I'm not sure how hashtagging and recycling is making them lose games. He's he's probably been too busy retweeting and regramming things about uh, Bernie Sanders to pay attention to what's going on in the league. Kids these days, am I right? Hashtag feel the burn. Hashtag not Hillary. <laughs> the Warriors have gotten their second loss of the season. I mean, the season is gone. D- tank. Game over. Game over. Warriors, they, they give should, it up. They should go for Simmons now. Try, try and get Simmons. Maybe Scalabrese. Maybe, I don't know, maybe they'll get lucky and sign Durant in the offseason, but it is not looking good for them. No. Two losses in 35 games? Good luck. That's two more losses than I have right now. They have less losses than the 
Cleveland Browns had wins in the entire NFL season. <sighs> uh, requisite knowledge for listening to this podcast. I am a Cleveland fan. Browns, Cavaliers, I guess the baseball team, but probably more the Cubs. I just don't pay attention to baseball. That's good, Joe. Step one to having a problem is admitting you have a problem. (laughs) Uh, Jimmy Haslam would say the same thing after firing his uh, coach and GM. Lots of turnover. Black Monday started early. I mean, hell, Chip Kelly got fired before the Week 17 game. It was actually part of Chip Kelly's plan to fire himself to get better personnel in there saying, I don't know, maybe a ham sandwich could do it better. Well, I think uh, Chip Kelly's unconventional style, I, I think it's really going to have a chance to flourish this offseason. I'm looking forward to seeing how he constructs his resume and cover letter. I think he's going to do something crazy, like put his references on the top and his education on the bottom. It's just going to be bonkers. Like, you never know. The words are going to come at you so fast, you're not going to even know who's applying for this job. Uh, I've also heard he's going to be saving a lot of time by switching you to just the letter U and your to you are mm-hmm. and lots of other abbreviations. I'm sorry, abbreves. It seems totes appropes. It is totes appropes. Uh, Peyton taking back over the reins from Brock. Brock Lobster. Brock and roll. Chopping broccoli. Chopping on the bench. <laughs> In other NFL news... The Chargers, Rams, and Raiders filed officially to put in for a petition to move. Apparently, they want to go to the Mountain West Conference where they stand a chance at winning. (laughs) Uh, Who would be the biggest competition there? BYU? Uh, Boise State. That's who I meant. All those white kids look the same to me. All Mormons. I don't care. Yeah, us and their wives. (laughs) Blue fields and blue balls. (laughs) Joe, your Cleveland Browns are going to have the second pick in the draft this year. Yes. They're going to be in a position to draft their quarterback of tomorrow. My only question for you is, who is going to be their quarterback the day after tomorrow? Uh, Obviously, Jake Gyllenhaal. Absolutely. (laughs) I saw that movie once at a drive-in. I don't remember much about it. Um, Yeah, it's second overall pick. I'm hoping that they take a... I think I think our biggest area of need right now is a new owner. Uh, Jimmy Haslam, recently federally indicted owner of Pilot Flying J Truck Stops, bought us for a little over a billion dollars three, four years ago. And ever since then, coming from a team that has experienced a long line of embarrassments, these last few seasons have really been an embarrassment. Yeah, you guys have more drug issues than Motley Crue in 88. (laughs) Seriously. I mean, Josh Gordon being suspended for a year. Uh, Your boy Manziel missing his concussion protocol test because he's partying in Vegas all weekend? Supposedly. Allegedly. You can't prove that. I recently saw a report that said that he was walking around with a fake blonde wig and a mustache on his face and identifying himself as Billy. You can't prove that happened. He did post an Instagram from Saturday night and purposefully geotagged it as Ohio right after the report of him appearing in Las Vegas appeared. So either either he is one of the most misunderstood sports figures of our time and has himself under control and for some reason TMZ and the media machine is trying to blow this out of proportion or 
he has to be doing this on purpose. He he needs to be trying to get the people and the organization of Cleveland against him so much that they get him out of town because he doesn't want to be in Cleveland. And I I don't I don't know anymore which it could even be. He does he's gone on record saying he doesn't want to be in Cleveland, right? He wants to go back to Texas. And I feel like having a loudmouth owner who's always willing to take a shot on players who have enormous off the field issues for yeah. uh the ability to play on the field. I feel like he could actually do well in Dallas. It's not like Tony Romo's spine is going to hold up for much longer. He's one finishing move away from getting it ripped out Mortal Kombat style. <laughs> and by finishing move, I mean any NFL snap. Yeah. <laughs> well, the last snap he's going to hear is the one of his neck. <laughs> that's C4. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think that's exactly where he wants to go is uh, Dallas. I, I don't want to... I, I could spend a full half an hour talking about this because this is my life. The Browns are my life, and I don't know why. I wish that I could take a pill and have that changed. I think the only pill that would allow that is cyanide. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I honestly, and Maybe I think you I'm, should uh, come up with a plan B for that cyanide pill. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I got to abort that plan. <laughs> Um, I mean, I, I just feel this has been a miscarriage of justice. <laughs> I, I think I'm in the minority when it comes to Cleveland fans, but I honestly feel like Manziel has not been given a fair shot on the field. As a fan, I don't really think him drinking and partying is that big of a deal. I know that he's the face of the franchise, but when you have players who, who are accused of sexual assault, domestic violence... Um, you know, shooting themselves in the leg and killing dogs and all blowing of this stuff. off fingers. Yes, uh, from dumb, stupid, silly things. And and these guys still have the opportunity to go out there. Manzel hasn't started more than what three games in a row, and that was just at the end of the season when it was already considered that his career was over. Knowing the Browns, what's going to happen is they're going to cut him or trade him, and he is going to prove to be at least serviceable for his next team. I hope you're right. I I am legitimately concerned about him. He has had issues with alcohol in the past, and now at this point he's lied to his coach about his substance abuse. He is involved in another scandal that could be involved in it. He has a lot of telltale signs that he has legitimate substance abuse problems. On or off the field, he really should think about getting his shit together regardless. He comes from an affluent family. I'm not going to say that, you know, money isn't a factor, but, like, he's a guy who could quit the NFL and still be fine. Yeah, I think I think that's absolutely true. I, I think a lot of the information that we get is secondhand. Uh, you know, we're not in those rooms absolutely. when, you know, the, the, the story gets so twisted through the narrative of, of being online, and the, it eventually came out that, oh, he was lying, and he then he tried to get people to lie for him, and we don't we don't know that. That's what we've been told, and that's what's been pieced together, but... That's what Billy in a blonde wig and a mustache told me. <laughs> I met him. Billy is a great dude. That dude parties. Also, can run like a maniac and has one of the tightest spirals I've ever seen. Yeah. I don't know who he is. That's weird. Also, he knew when to double down. <laughs> He, uh, I asked him uh, where he went to school. He said, Schmexis, Schmey, and Schmem. I don't even know what that is, but... I think it's a liberal arts school. Ugh. I think that we yeah. can move on to the MLB recaps. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so if you guys want to do the, the MLB recaps, that would be the time. Sure. Uh, we... 
again, we we st- we stated at the top that we know everything about sports. So obviously, baseball is is one of the many sports we know. Here's my MLB recap. I put my Yankee hat back on. And that is the MLB recap. Speaking of the Yankees, so they made a pretty big acquisition uh, in the last couple weeks. Ooh, no. Uh, Araldis Chapman is a closer from the Cincinnati Reds. It was already pretty well known that he was going to leave mm-hmm. um, before uh, they the end of this last season and uh the yankees picked him up for a song um because he has been charged by a girlfriend for choking her and is in the process of being investigated for domestic violence he may face some suspension so the reds were pretty pleased to be rid of them uh the dodgers were um in the running before he was picked up by the yankees but they didn't need any more choking issues (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) brian cashman the gm of the yankees said we're not a law enforcement agency we've completed the transaction based on a lot of due diligence so we know there's a process that's playing out and it will continue to play out and the result will be whatever they will be. I'm pretty sure so. that's also what Nazi officers said at the <laughs> Nuremberg trials. Like, uh, hey, we were just like I, the dude above me said that this is what I was supposed to be doing. Like, don't hold me accountable. I was gonna say Cashman. Cashman's been muttering the Serenity Prayer to himself. <laughs> <laughs> just accept the things you cannot change and allow uh, the um, <laughs> obvious <laughs> domestic abusers. Too close for your baseball team. Well, it seems like they've taken a real K-Sara-Sara attitude <laughs> towards it. Yeah. Which explains why they haven't beaten the Red Sox in the past couple of years. Hey, you're not <laughs> wrong. Um, the Red Sox, on the other hand, have made a literal historic acquisition in um, signing lefty David Price to a seven-year contract for our 217 milli-dollies. Uh, yeah, so Ugh. this will tie Miguel Cabrera for the richest average annual value currently in the MLB, um, and it narrowly eclipsed Clayton Kershaw's 215 milli-dolly contract with the Dodgers from a few years ago to make it the largest contract for a pitcher in history. And But... It's so big because he's going to pitch every game, right? It's not like he's <laughs> no, going to no, no, take no. every... Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Right? Um, he'll pitch once every five games. <laughs> That's amazing, though, that they're able to guarantee his health and know that they're going to have him throughout the season. No, actually, it's like oh. way on the line. Um, he, I mean, pitchers go down all the time. Tommy John surgeries are more and more uh, uh, frequent occurrences. But it's like football where it's not like guaranteed money or anything. Right, Ooh. like he's not gonna. No, he's gonna get this regardless. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, my brother actually. Uh, oh, I should just take credit for this, but that wouldn't be right. Oh, he <laughs> might listen to this. I'll throw him a shout out. Um, my brother uh, calculated that it's going to be uh, like based on an average number of pitches thrown and an average number of games pitched. It's an average of a ballpark, pun uh-huh. intended, ten thousand dollars a pitch. So, his a strikeout from David Price is costs thirty thousand dollars. Three I strikes. Mean, you could get somebody murdered for less than that. Thirty thousand dollars. When my when my brother told me, I was like, 
that's like an average annual salary. <laughs> like, that's yeah. a modest average annual salary. <laughs> it's America's so depressing. <laughs> it's so depressing. I feel like the the winter GM meeting for baseball is is a lot like that scene in Requiem for a Dream where it's just all the the rich dudes going like ass to ass. <laughs> like those are the same dudes. The same dudes who run baseball teams and are like, yeah, this seems like a reasonable contract are those dudes. Just sticking dildos up the asses of the American public apparently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I mean it's pretty it's pretty heartbreaking, especially uh, I'm a big Atlanta Braves fan, um, and we're a relatively small market team. Lower end of the mid-markets is where people usually consider us, so uh, we've made some relatively large transitions ourselves, but much more of note and much less, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, on a personal level, a former Braves player, Jason Hayward, was involved in a big signing to our own Chicago Cubs. Uh, I think this will bolster their uh, lineup in ways that most pitchers are going to be terrified to face. I think if they can get one, maybe two more great pitchers to round out their rotation, they will be absolutely unstoppable. Um, but with Grinky gone to the Diamondbacks, um, a- aforementioned David Price going to the Red Sox, there aren't too many big options left. Um, but that that Jason Hayward tie-up is is big news. That's all I have. I mean, you took the words out of my mouth. That's everything that I was gonna say because I know so much about baseball. I played baseball as a child. One of my favorite games on Super Nintendo was MLB Extra Innings. I think that's the one where they looked like like little like the Pokemon sprites. Oh, <laughs> I saw this thing on Reddit that was um uh the first it was a comparison of the first video game that Kobe Bryant had ever been in versus the most recent video game he had ever been in. Yes, it was outrageous. It was like twelve pixels that like some yellow and purple pixels, and then like a beautiful realistic image of Kobe Bryant's face. Yeah, yeah. I think the last one was actually brought up on charges. <laughs> it was just his mugshot. <laughs> I think that's a wrap on the starting lineups. We will give you a break to refill your beer and peanuts and come back for the walk-on segment. Everybody wants to know, why now? It's the right time. There's no point in really belaboring it or dragging it out or saying, well, leave the door open in case, uh, I don't know, something may change. <laughs> Looks like it's time for walk-ons. Welcome back. We've got some walk-ons for you. We're going to spend more time on each one of these individual topics, and we'll start the boys off with some NCAA bowl game talk. Had a couple of great bowl games. Mm-hmm. Had a bunch of bad bowl games. Yeah, a couple blowouts. Yeah. Starting with uh, one of those blowouts, Alabama and Michigan State played in just an absolute slaughter. It ended up being 38 to nothing in the Cotton Bowl for Alabama, and that isn't even close to what the score should have been. Do you think they let up on the gas? I think that the third-string Alabama team tried to let up on the gas, but they're still that much better than what Michigan State could bring to the table. 
it just fell backwards into more touchdowns. I'm sorry. We didn't mean to. It's not our fault that we just recruit better players. <laughs> I will say, I think one of my highlights, not just of the Alabama-Michigan State game, but of the season, was Derrick Henry's stiff arm. Sick-ass stiff arm against the Michigan State defender. With a flick of his wrist, the dude was on the ground. That was a fucking grown-ass man play. That guy's a bigger pushover than my grandfather. <laughs> All right, maybe we should get into the uh, that Clemson-Oklahoma game, which was great for a half. I don't know if you saw it at Yeah, all, I watched most of it, and the first half, I was like, oh, man, this shit got interesting, and it came back and was immediately a snoozer. <laughs> I missed that one. No, Clemson came out and just – Dabo Sweeney had everyone dabbing and whipping oh. and nay-naying all over the field. It was disgusting. He was making us watch. We were watching him whip and watching him nay-nay. And Oklahoma circled the wagons and went right back home. They looked like they did not even belong there. I mean, it kind of felt like, well, maybe Ohio State should have been in there. Yeah, I mean, at the by the end of the game, they panned out and showed all the fans that were left. And it was just like solid seas of orange with patches of burgundy everywhere else because the Oklahomans had just deserted entirely. So maybe they should have gone home sooner. Oh, they were playing in the Orange Bowl. If you were basing it off jerseys, maybe they'd spend a better chance at the Merlot Bowl. It seems like an unfair advantage automatically given to, to Clemson. I'm sure Barefoot Wine could look into sponsoring the <laughs> Merlot Bowl for the Sooners next year. Yeah, the, welcome to the Two Buck Chuck Bowl. <laughs> Admission, $200. And a gentleman named Chuck. We're doing a Chuck drive, trying to collect as many chucks as we can we just don't want them out in the general public no chuck pagano has already made sure that he's going to stay put in indianapolis so he's not going to be around anyone dangerous except jim jim irsay jim irsay is a danger to everyone and everyone around him so if you see him please give him a breathalyzer and then run away Uh, so this national championship game january 11th is alabama and clemson mm -hmm. uh sec versus acc Mm -hmm. uh not mad at it SEC had a great showing in all the bowl games. I feel like they should be represented well in the bowl. And Alabama is probably the best team in the country, but they are ranked number two going into this one. Which is surprising. I mean, I, I, I don't begrudge Alabama. I know they're kind of the... I still do. I'm a Miami Dolphins fan. Fuck Nick Saban. Fuck him in his contract-breaking butthole. I, I, I recognize that I think a lot of people see Alabama as kind of a New England Patriots-type evil empire. Mm-hmm. I just think that they they do what they do well, and I I do not begrudge them for sustained success. I don't know what that's like. I can never imagine a team I root for having that, <laughs> which is why it's just this this exotic concept that I'm just like, you know what? It, it'd be like if somebody uh, went on vacation to Hawaii and it was like, nah, I'm just going to stay here. I'd be like, good for you. You made the move. <laughs> I'm jealous, but good for you. There's a lot of talk in uh, college football uh, kind of circles that Alabama is kind of ruining it, ruining it for the rest of us, mm-hmm. just in terms of the expectation of winning, being you know uh, competitive in the national championship race every single year, 
and you know winning like going to the SEC championship every single year as a fan of the University of Georgia Bulldogs uh, I just watched an incredible football coach be uh, quote unquote like asked to leave like leave the Bulldogs um, because that pressure is so constant and unrelenting and it's really it makes it very hard to be a fan this is a genuine question, uh, and I, I'm asking. I, I don't have a college team that I root for, so there's not like a, a somebody that I, I affiliate with. Do you begrudge Alabama for setting that precedent? And either way, if so or if not, what type of reasonable expectations could there be for them to change that? I don't know, and I think that's why I can't begrudge them. You know, it's like you said, we're all or all of these teams are going after the same thing I don't think that you can fault one for just being the best at it for you know getting the best players making the most money for their program etc you absolutely cannot fault him for it I mean the bottom line is I'm mad because he left because Nick Saban is a heck of a coach for sure Alabama has top-notch training facilities but at the same time so does a lot of the top tier teams the the Bulldogs the Ohio State Michigan's and anyone in the Pac-10, I mean, it's not like they're competing against WAC, MAC, or Pacific, or any other lesser conference teams. These guys all have about the same advantages to them. Yeah. Whether or not they can recruit as well, whether or not they coach as well. Those are the X factors. Sorry. Um, And you can't. And Alabama's just doing a fantastic job right now. And I don't think they should be the number two team going into this. And I think they're going to absolutely – decimate Clemson I think they're going on to. Monday the 7th. And I, I think it's the kind of thing where success feeds on success. You know, if they can prove that they're this successful, dominating team, I can only imagine that it makes their job recruiting that much easier. No, absolutely. You're talking to a kid and you're like, hey, do you want to come in? You'll sit for the year, but you're also not going to get your body dinged up and banged up every Saturday afternoon. Yeah. And then by the time you're a junior, you're going to have a shot to play on a national championship caliber team for a football NFL factory. Yeah. They yeah. Alabama is now what the Trojans were in the 80s and early 90s, just mm-hmm. a gateway to the NFL. And I think this is fuel for the fire of saying that like pretty much every team that's competitive uh, at that same tier – um, is also like worth being in the conversation. <laughs> UGA actually has the most active players in the NFL right now. Are are UGA alums? Like it's and so like if that's not and like they're not. When's the last time they won a national championship? Decades. Like it's it's not necessarily a, like imperative to be playing for Alabama to make it to the NFL. But it sure doesn't fucking hurt to play for a team like that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think. Um, to Hooley's point, there are definitely schools that go through stretches or runs where they, they can produce NFL players. And I think usually it's it's on one side of the ball or at a particular position. For a long time, Penn State was producing linebackers. Linebacker you. Yeah. Um, Miami had a lot of offensive skill players come out. Um, Andre Johnson, running backs, Edron James. and uh, Oh, Willis McGahee. Yes. And, yeah, uh, Greg, third leg Greg. Yeah. <laughs> I know a third leg Greg. He's totally different, dude. Big dick. Uh, no, that's Greg Olson's. You know about that, right? The rap that Miami University did, and they got a lot of trouble for it. They recorded it in a dorm room, and Greg Olson's verse starts off, What up? I'm third leg Greg. 
Nope, I was not aware of that until now. You know what team I think he should have played for? Who? <laughs> I think he should take his talents up to Washington <laughs> and uh, get get into those potatoes. <laughs> oh, we're going to get into the potatoes. <laughs> he, ta- he could take his meat and join the potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> Joe and I and MB have a pretty big problem with the name and current mascot of the football team from Washington. It's just not reasonable in this age of people being sensible that they're able to keep their name and their mascot as is. There have been several professional and college teams that have already changed. Stanford used to be the Indians. They are now the Cardinal, and I believe their mascot is a tree. Uh, Marquette Warriors became the Golden Eagles. My alma mater, Eastern Michigan University, were the Hurons. They are now the Eagles. Same. Uh, Miami of Ohio used to be the Redskins. Now the Red Hawks. Syracuse were the Orangemen. And here's where it gets interesting because they're still the Orangemen, but their mascot is now basically an orange Pac-Man with arms and legs that does not resemble a person at all. Uh, Same thing with uh, the now Golden State Warriors, formerly uh, of Philadelphia. Now they're just a bridge. Right. So your options are to basically become a bird of prey or keep the mascot as is and tweak it a bit. Mm -hmm. The second of which is what we are proposing right now. Absolutely. Go ahead and keep the name Washington Redskins. Absolutely. You can keep it under the caveat. You're a potato. Yep. You're a redskin potato. You get to keep your colors. You can still be russet red and... You can still absolutely have yellow, but you cannot have a person as your mascot anymore. Dan Snyder, if you want to be steadfast and keep the skins, you are now the Redskins, mm-hmm. the potatoes. Delicious. I would I would buy some merchandise. And think about it. I mean, Dan Snyder, you're a, a greedy bastard. Think of all the new merchandise you can sell with your new logo. That is, I mean, the NFL is just a cash grab at this point. Being able to do that would be fantastic. I mean... There are so many new benefits to this. They could have the best stadium food in the country. Oh. I, I mean, mean, like, a a tater tot bar that could you put your own cheese and hot sauce and salsa or barbecue wings or whatever you want on there. I just became a fan. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Everyone. I mean. It would be a great destination for uh, anybody training for a marathon. If they want a carbo load, just go to the, go to the Redskins. With the medical marijuana being legal in Washington, D.C., they could have a section called the Baked Potatoes <laughs> for all the stoners out there. That would be well. They could bring on Dan Quayle as a consultant. <laughs> the bottom line is that having a person or people as your mascot in this day and age is just getting old. And I know some of you are going to say, well, what about the Boston Celtics or the Notre Dame Fighting Irish? And yes, absolutely, if we were in England and their mascot was a Celtic tribe or something like that, it would absolutely be a different story where the Irish were marginalized and enslaved and raped for hundreds of years before that. But the bottom line is we're in America, and at this point, no white people are pissed off. And we'll get to that if it happens. Yeah, we got to handle the big stuff first. I I think you used a great word earlier, sensible. I, I know that a lot of the proponents of keeping the name and logo as it is say like, oh, you know, you're being too sensitive. It's not being sensitive. It's being sensible this is a slur 
that is embla- that's been emblazoned across starter jackets for decades now. It's ridiculous. There, there's no reason to continue to keep it this way. There are already too many Native American logos out there between the, the Chiefs, the Indians, the Braves. Some are worse than others. This is the worst. This is the king of the mountain, the tip of the iceberg. This is... There, there's nothing else that can be drawn as a parallel because this stands so tall and alone in in the land of poor choices. That's absolutely true. And a lot of the people who are defending it, Dan Snyder and all of his cronies who are defending this and are saying, well, it's an homage and, you know, it's there to represent them. And I think uh, Louis C.K. has a great quote that's, when a person tells you that you hurt them, you don't get to decide that you didn't. And that is absolutely the case right now. There are many people who are hurt and offended by this, having a person and the name Redskins as their logo, and they are hurt, and you should be heard. And if you want to keep the name so bad, make your mascot a fucking potato. I think we can move on to talk about the rotating coach parade that will be the NFL next year. Uh, Huli, you have a list of the teams yeah, that, that are looking to... That's right. We got six teams in the NFL looking for coaches, some midseason firing, some fired just after the end of the season. <laughs> One fired just before the end of the season. Uh, the Miami Dolphins, the San Francisco 49ers, the Cleveland Browns, Philadelphia Eagles, the New York Football Giants, and the Tennessee Titans are all looking for new coaches. And uh, here's a fun little trivia fact. The... A, the last five coaching changes made in the AFC North, all Browns. Mm-hmm. In that time, two Super Bowls have been won by other teams in the AFC North. Uh, in three years, new owner Jimmy Haslam has fired three coaches and three GMs. And a partridge in a pear tree. <laughs> uh, the Dolphins are looking strong on their uh, – they are interviewing pretty much everyone. They've mm-hmm. interviewed the Lions defensive coordinator. They've asked permission from New England to interview both offensive and defensive coordinator. Mike Smith, Mike Shanahan is on his second interview, and I think they even interviewed Craig T. Nelson. <laughs> you know, um, all they need is uh, Kyle Chandler from Friday Night Lights, and I think that completes <laughs> my bingo card. Uh, Mike Shanahan is the most interesting. He's been out of the league since uh, coaching the Potatoes for mm-hmm. five years, something like that. He's been r- actually really focused on his racing, and he's actually a big success, and he's doing very well with that. So I wish him the best of luck. I, I don't want him. I'm a Miami Dolphins fan. I don't want him as a Dolphins fan. I'm wondering Coach. if they just looked at him and, th- and got confused and thought that he was off football based on his skin color and texture, which happens. I mean, that dude, him and Hulk Hogan both have hot dog skin. Uh, actually, former Giants are looking for a coach because Tom Coughlin agreed to step down. This actually makes perfect sense for the Dolphins. He can go down to Miami, retire. He's going to be 70. All of his friends are already down there. Or he, dead. Exactly. It's time, Tom. Go be a snowbird. I, I Go to Miami. <laughs> I think that would be a great fit. I mean, I think that something that the Dolphins are kind of missing right now is is that identity, that figurehead 
who who's able to kind of pull everyone together. But I don't know if Coughlin wants to do anything else. I can only imagine that this is the Mara's sticking him on the ice flow and just sending him out, just <laughs> waving goodbye. Thank you for everything, Pop Pop. Thanks for two Super Bowls. Yeah. Bye. Yeah, I have to say, though, Tom Coughlin won two Super Bowls despite having Eli Manning as a quarterback, and that's a feat <laughs> in and of itself that is just amazing. Oh, Eli Manning. He's the, the longest make-a-wish I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, Chip Kelly to the Titans makes a decent amount of sense. Uh, getting to coach a mobile quarterback like Mariota. The rumors of Kelly going to the Browns. I mean, they which, wanted him three which, years ago. Chip Kelly would be interesting in Cleveland. I think where he was in over his head in Philadelphia was in roster management. And I, I believe that he's come out and said that that's not something that he wants to do in his next location. So, you know, we bring him on as a coach and then find a GM that works with him because that's the way that successful organizations are set up. And then we fire them again in two years and start all over. That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, by two years, you're going to need a new quarterback anyway. You might have Gordon back by then, so that'll be great. Yeah. We go through quarterbacks faster than I change shower curtain liners, <laughs> which admittedly I do need to do more often. But it's it's just sad. I'm sure you've all seen the, the image of the, the woman wearing the jersey with the masking tape names all crossed out. I mean, she's going to need to start wearing stilts soon. <laughs> We're just running out of room. I actually heard that you guys drafted or will draft all five members of Nickelback, seeing if they'll add up to a quarterback. <laughs> uh, here is a name that should be thrown out in the world of coaching. A guy who won a Super Bowl, did his due diligence, and quit the game to see his family grow up. But now that his daughters are out of college and seems to be an empty nester. Here's a name I'm going to throw out there for both you as a Browns fan and me as a Dolphins fan. Bill, Bill Cower. Cower. Ohio native. Uh-huh. Wants to stay around there apparently, but hey, you know, a tax-free state like Florida could be enticing. The chin. I would love to see the chin come back. The Steelers have always had the nice things that we couldn't, and he's just one of them. He's They're the neighbors down the street when you're just like, the fuck you got what did you get you got that big big ass tv it's got rabbit ears on mine that would be a coup to to get somebody who used to be on on the other side of the battlefield to come over for us but yeah the question is why why would he want to walk into this mess with the meddlesome owner he wouldn't he'd want to he'd want to be down in the sun in the tax-free state yep with Just, maybe a solidified defense, a quarterback that can do things, a couple of wide receivers and some offensive weapons that are actually pretty good. Miami is really a couple of good offensive line away and actually a decent coach from doing from making some big noise, I think. Well, we have a left tackle and an annual Aaron Water show. So who's Aaron Water? She's in uh, she's the one stripper Cleveland has. <laughs> here on sports retorts uh Hooli and myself uh, myself being the joe one of our favorite things in the world of sports is peyton manning's nationwide commercials i'm sure if you watch football on sundays or mondays or thursdays or every other day when football is uh you've seen these commercials where he says different things to the nationwide tune 
Boo, 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 boo. That's a first-rate queso dip. Chicken parmy tastes so good. So, in honor of that, we'd like to bring you Peyton's, Peyton's Recap of the Week. I kept my job with HGH. <laughs> hey, y'all remember me? Everybody's doing it. <laughs> I think I uh, think Gary's brother actually said this one, but HGH, you taste so good. <laughs> <laughs> I swear it all was my wife. I've never seen that stuff before. <laughs> Osweiler can S my D. <laughs> She's really into l- making bit gains. There it is. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I swear she's into making gains. <laughs> okay, I'll take it back to uh, MB's MLB. VMs for some more VMs and uh, make a case for the Cubs because I truly think the pickup of Jason Hayward is going to really round out their uh, lineup nicely. I think with returning rookies, uh, Kyle Schwarber, Chris Bryant, the team is just going to be pretty unstoppable. Um, The cards, much like the aforementioned uh, Alabama Crimson Tide and Patriots of the um, NFL are just going to be perennially good, even though I think they've made some dumb mistakes. They've got the money and the talent to keep that ball rolling, but the Pirates may not be as much of a threat to the Cubs this year as they have in years past. That's a really thoughtful and insightful point regarding the Chicago Cubs and baseball. Uh, let's kick it over to Hooli and see if we have an equally insightful counterpoint regarding the Cubs and baseball. Absolutely. Uh, the Cubs are going to be in a little bit of trouble because they're non-sentient beings and they're going up against Somali pirates. They have machine guns and AKs and, quite frankly, baby bears don't stand a chance. On the other side of the coin, you said the cards are going to present a problem for the Cubs. And quite frankly, I don't see how an inanimate object is going to pose any threat to bears. So going through what you just said, I think the Pirates and then the Cubs and then the Cards are how that's all going to shake out. Regardless of what they picked up, I think that's how it's going to work. Equally insightful. MB. Point? Um, I guess my only point would be that the... I guess my follow-up point would be that the Cubs rotation is also really strong. Mm. So... uh, I would say maybe they can surround the Pirates with their pitching rotation um, and circumnavigate those seas with someone else to help out uh, skippies like John Lester and um, Skippers. Is that what I was looking for? Anywho, look for someone else to help out the John Lesters and the Jake Ariettas of their rotation, maybe one or two other strong arms to help carry them to victory. Counterpoint, Hooli? I agree. Their arms are very strong, and it will help in their rotation. And remember, it's puff, puff, pass, and to the left. (laughs) I think that's the most important lesson you could take away from this whole thing. I absolutely agree. Pass the duchy to the left-hand side. (laughs) (laughs) And that's it for walk-ons. We're going to be coming back in just a moment with 
garbage time. And put it on top. Never seen this one before. Chicken parm, you taste so good. I like it. Boy, this thing's a blowout, but let's sit down for some garbage time. All right, we're tagging on some extra innings here at the end with garbage time. First up, let's hire a new person to fill some of these NFL coaching positions. Which famous person from New York do you think should be the new coach of the New York football giants? Well, seeing as they play in East Rutherford, New Jersey, I'm actually going to go with Governor Chris Christie because he doesn't have a shot at the presidential race anymore, and that fat ass can plop himself right down and coach whatever he wants. He'd be great on the defensive side of the ball, clogging up all those lanes. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with uh, Spider-Man. He's got the right colors. He's got the city behind him. It's a perfect fit. Sounds good to me. How about those Tennessee Titans? Elvis. Colonel Sanders. I know it's the wrong <laughs> state, but I just think it's the right fit. Kentucky doesn't have a team, anyone. Yeah, so they can have Cincinnati for all I care. How about the Philadelphia Eagles? Got to be Rocky, right? You you get like maybe not like t- first Rocky where he lost maybe like movie three Rocky where he's beating up the Russians, yeah I'm gonna go movie three Rocky. I'm gonna say Ghost of Ben Franklin. <laughs> I think he I think he knows how to capture lightning in a bottle. <laughs> how about the Miami Dolphins? Gloria Stefan, <laughs> side coached, and her offensive and defensive coordinators will be the Miami Sound Machine. I'm going to say Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, helped find (laughs) Snowflake in the mid-90s. It was a a big boon to the team. Uh, I'll say um, offensive coordinator, Scarface. (laughs) And last but certainly not least, Joe's hapless Cleveland Browns. I mean, we love our homegrown guys. Give me Drew Carey. I can't name one other person from Cleveland, so I'm going to go with my buddy Ben Junga, who's living in Cleveland Heights. Rumba in the Junga. (laughs) Uh, Okay, I'm going to name some NCAA Bull sponsors slash names, and you have to tell me if they are fake or real, okay? The TurboTax Bowl. Real. Real. Fake. It was the Tax Slayer was an actual sponsor. Snap. The uh, Pinstripe Bowl. Fake. Real. That is real. It was sponsored by New Era. Duke beat Indiana 44-41 to in overtime at Yankee Stadium of all places. Pinstripe. The J.C. Penny Cotton Bowl. Real. No, the Cotton Bowl is, I think, Macy's. Um, it was neither one of those things. I made that up, but there is a Belk Bowl that's held in Make- Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina. That's where Mississippi State beat NC State 51-28. to I'm sure that was a real joy to watch. <laughs> the Battle Frog Fiesta Bowl. Real. I mean... If we hadn't just talked about it, I would have guessed <laughs> that this was fake and that and that you had misremembered the video game Battletoads. I did misremember the game Battletoads, <laughs> but I do know that Ohio State beat Notre Dame in this one. The Big Blag Bowl. I'm sorry. Can you say that again? The Big Blag Bowl. Big Blag Bowl? Big Blag Bowl. Th- that 
You wouldn't make up something that silly. I'm going to say real. Uh, uh, she could make up something that silly. I'm going to go fake. That is one of the villains from Battletoads. <laughs> Big Blag. Stop the clot bowl. Stop the clot bowl? Yeah. Real. Fake. No, much like Battle Frogs, that is a race of running event, but it is not a bowl game. <laughs> Unlike it. Battle Frogs. Mm. <laughs> I don't I don't know if I've gotten one right yet. <laughs> I don't know if you have either. How about the uh Woodchuck Hard Cider Bowl? No, I don't think you can have alcohol sponsor a bowl. That's I'll say the same. It is fake. That is one of the sponsors of the Battle Frog Obstacle Race <laughs> series. <laughs> All right. Last but not least, I'm going to name some athletes and uh, figures in the sports world that we've already discussed today or maybe some that we have not. And you're going to tell me if they were a sandwich, what type would they be? What kind of sandwich is the Jay Cutler? Smoked turkey. The ignorance about autism steak sandwich. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> what kind of sandwich would Peyton Manning be? Uh, I'd have to go with chicken parm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I definitely want to say some kind of uh, animal neck with a delicious, like, bovine growth. Um, sauce uh, I'm going to go with it's actually a series of three sandwiches the first one is really bad and the second one is named Eli and then the third one is pretty good how about if Chip Kelly was a sandwich uh, it would be really avant-garde it wouldn't even come with bread it would mostly just be um, I, I, I picture uh, chickpeas and arugula on a plate. And you figure it out, fucker. Seeing as he just came from Philly, the land of uh, the cheesesteak, I'm still going to say a chipped beef, Kelly. Nice. I had the same thought. Um, how about the Araldus Chapman, Sammy? It's, a, it's just a matchstick. On a piece of chicken, but it costs like $62,000. It's a meatball sandwich that you have to make sure you chew it carefully. Otherwise, it's going to choke you. (laughs) That's about what I was like. It's it's a chicken breast sandwich, but they don't take out the bones. So watch for choking hazards. (laughs) How about the Dan Snyder? Oh, no, that's easy. It's just a big-ass bowl of potatoes, you racist bastard. I think that'll do us for today. Check back next week for more retorts and many more sports with Huli and the Joe. Well, seeing as they play an East Rufford, East Rufford, well, seeing as they play an East Rufford third. This is live. <laughs> People are listening.
I'm not going to be able to edit this out. <laughs> 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 Let me try it again.